The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking about players uh, that maybe should we be panicking yet or should we hold firm and stick it out. Let's go. Jordan open. Chicago with the lead. Bryant to shot. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no record for human life. AD Basketball. G'day and welcome again to the Fantasy Basketball, uh, the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. My name is Mitch Casey and you can find me on Twitter at NBA and on Instagram at Basketball. Today we are talking about players that you might be panicking on yet, uh, whether or not that panic is warranted, players that I'm worried about, um, players that I think that others are worried about that you probably shouldn't be, um, and explaining myself why. Um, still mucking around and playing with the visuals at the moment, um, figuring out this new camera setup. So unfortunately, due to time restrictions and things like that, didn't have enough time to figure everything out today. So we're, we're stuck with the old school um, webcam footage for today, but I am playing around with a few more uh, visuals for you guys over on YouTube. Uh, we've got a few set things coming at the moment. It's a bit plain, but uh, hopefully we will be able to liven some things up in due time, but I still want to be getting out good content to you guys, some timely content. So um, yeah, the, the the podcast don't stop whilst I'm trying to figure out all the background stuff and all the visual stuff as well. Hopefully you guys can stick with me for now. Appreciate the support. And uh, if you are here on YouTube, again, make sure you are subscribed, hit the like button. So let's get stuck into it. I've got a few players that I'm going to go through today. I've broken these um, players up into two different categories. Players that I'm worried about, that I think there's a legitimate concern and issues, that things that we should be aware of, um, and then players that I think that others are worried about, but I personally am not, and I'm okay with being a bit patient, and I will explain to you why I am not worried about these guys. So, let's start first. Should we start with the guys worried about, or the ones we are not worried about? Let's, let's start with the worried ones first. So, the guys that uh, I am legitimately concerned about, 
and I think that the panic is warranted. Some of these guys, people aren't panicking um, where I think they maybe should be. So maybe you can consider that a bit of a sell high. Some of these guys, people are panicking, and I think it is warranted. So the first guy is probably maybe the most obvious. It is Kawhi Leonard. Um, now, Kawhi Leonard is going to be it's reported today. He missed uh, today's game. He's also going to be missing the upcoming road trip. So I think that's the next two games included as well. Um and it's to do with his knee management, some treatment that he's getting. This is very concerning. We sort of spoke about it a bit in the last podcast, but I just wanted to hit on this one again, guys. It's it's pretty worrying depending on sort of what you're listening out there. He's out for longer um, as well. It's just... Um, the history of Kawhi and how he manages his injuries in, you know, when he was back in San Antonio with his quad injuries and things like that. He's He's got that history of being really conservative, especially when it's to do with something that he feels is not right. Um, so this is the, the part that's most concerning to me. Also, the fact that historically with modern medicine and modern rehab, ACLs shouldn't take this long to, to sort of get over. Um, it's one of the, it, it actually is the most research injury in sport. Um, we have the most amount of data uh, across years and years of research. So it, it's not something we usually see unless sort of your name is John, Jonathan Isaac. Um, players that have gone down with an ACL should be um, at least ramping up their minutes uh, and, and playing shouldn't be feeling stiffness in their knees at this stage unless something has gone wrong. There's a setback in the um, in the rehab. I haven't said that there has been, but it does lead me to believe that there might be something wrong here. We don't know really what it's going to be. Could it require another surgery? Could he miss uh, another extended period due to rest and strengthening? It's very possible. Um, we were already concerned about his uh, back-to-backs this year. He's the king of load management. Um, so I think that's going to be there all season long, even if it is just a small little thing. Um, just the concern around his availability. He's already had a pretty, he's got a pretty bad playoff schedule in head-to-head leagues. Um, yeah, I probably should have had him further down my rankings. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I deducted him. He's a first-round guy per game when he's got full minutes, but we didn't really know he's going to come off the bench and be playing less than 20 minutes a game. He's currently playing 21 minutes per game in only a few ball games so far. So yes, I am very worried about Kawhi Leonard. The issue is you probably can't do much about it because everyone is worried about Kawhi Leonard. Everyone is concerned about him. So uh, unless you can you can sell him for a top 50 guy um, and just get rid of the headache, um, if that's possible, then maybe you look to do it. Uh, look, it could come back to bite you, but I really at this stage I'd probably be taking that if I'm if I'm a, an owner of Kawhi Leonard. But I think um, you're probably hard pressed to find that trade out there in your league because everyone's switched on and worried about all this news. So I wouldn't be selling him for someone outside the top 75, 80. There's just not a whole lot of upside there. Um, you know, here's a guy that could come back. The, the news is very murky. So for me, I think you just got to hold on and sort of wait it out. But yes, I am I am very concerned about Kawhi Leonard and obviously his injury to his knee. Uh, the next guy here is someone that we mentioned before that might not have much concern around him, but I am a bit worried. I am a bit worried about Jonas Valanciunas. Now, Jonas Valanciunas at the moment is the 29th ranked player. So you might be saying, well, Mitch, what the hell are you worried about Jonas Valanciunas for? Um, I'm worried about his minutes to to be the, the biggest thing that um, sets off alarm bells in my mind, in particular sort of his last few games. So to start the season, he's played, how many games has he played? He's played six games so far this season. 
first couple of games came out really, really good. Um, 26 minutes, uh, or nearly 27 minutes, 15 and 13. Nearly had 30 minutes, 30 points, 17 rebounds. But since then, he's had 24 and a half minutes, 22 minutes. Um, the game where Zion didn't play, and he did, he went up to 31, put up a 25 and 10 game, which was great. And then the most recent game, Zion came back back down to 24 minutes and only put up 11 points, 7 rebounds. He did put up 5 assists, but I don't expect that to continue. Um, so for me, the fact that the minutes fluctuate quite wildly, we have seen also the emergence of Trey Murphy, who's getting a lot of minutes. We still need Herb Jones and... Um, Brandon Ingram to come back into the lineup. So the fact that last game, it, it was a bit of a blowout, but the fact he did only play 24 minutes is a little bit alarming. I think you can use his ranking and a few of his early big games to sell him high. He, he was someone that I was worried about earlier in the preseason because of these reasons. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a disaster, and obviously he's put up decent um, numbers in some of these limited game time minutes, but I do think that it will overall cap his upside. So if you can get a a guy who's um, a bit more assured minutes up towards the 30-minute per per, per game mark, I think I would do so, um, just because I think it's going to be hard to trust a player like Jonas Valanciunas when it does come time to things like fantasy playoffs. Um, And I do think that the breakout of Trey Murphy, um, the potential of the defensive small ball lineup. So you've seen players like Larry Nance Jr. come out. Um, I think the Pelicans are, are going to be more and more happy to, to use that lineup because it's worked really well. And unfortunately, that's going to be the det- to the detriment of Jonas Valanciunas. So I think whilst he's doing well and ranking well, he is a player that I am worried about. And if I was someone who had him on my fantasy roster, I'd probably be looking to try and trade him for a top 40 player uh, and see what I can do. Uh, a top 50 guy, even, I'd be pretty happy to do that because I think that that is possible. Obviously, his ranking and his performances so far suggest that he you know, would be worth that kind of a trade. So see if you can do that and sell high while you can. The next guy that I am panicking about is Clay Thompson. Unfortunately, this is um, one of the ones that I am actually experiencing as someone who has Clay on his team. I took him in the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl, regretted it at the time, regretting it even more now. Um, Currently, he's the, what is he, the 257th ranked player on a per-game basis. Um, He's putting up 12.3 points, 2.3 threes, shooting 34.6% from the field, uh, 0.2 steals, 0.2 blocks. No, not many rebounds either as well, so... Look, he, he, we knew he was going to be someone that, um, you know, potentially was limited in back-to-backs. We, we've sort of seen that already. He's missed missed a couple of games or, or missed today's game, I think, or yesterday's game. I'm, I'm losing losing track of time um, and, and will probably continue to do so. The minutes are down. Um, he also got ejected in the game uh, when he played only 18 minutes a game. He was looking bad before that anyway. Uh, he's definitely someone who is struggling. I don't think he's a drop. Obviously, he is someone who is very streaky. We have seen decent performances from him. He's had you know three games where he scored 16 or more points. Um, I would hope to think that the minutes do increase, but a little part of me just worries that, and I've said this openly on Twitter before, I think Jordan Poole is a better player than Clay Thompson. Um, I think the seniority of Clay Thompson, the fact that he has won four championships with this team, his decent size and his decent ability to play off the ball uh, and defend 
probably keeps him in the starting lineup at least for this season. But after that, it's questionable, and and it might even change this season as well. I think Jordan Poole is just a better player, personally. Um, Does that cap his minutes to like 28 per night? Potentially. It it definitely potentially could. Um, I just think that he, like we've said, Charles Barkley say, and sorry, Clay, but I just don't think he's quite the player that we, we, we saw previously. And I also think that I was never a really big fan of his anyway. He's he's fairly empty outside of his points and threes. And if he's not getting the minutes, um, his usage is really, really high, which is good. But I think that they're kind of force-feeding that a little bit. So maybe when the minutes come up, the usage goes down. It's, yeah, it's someone who I am a little bit worried about. At 257, you know, obviously that's... If you had a player that ranked, you're not going to keep him on your team. But I do still think that you keep him on your side. But... Um, it is one we might have to watch, and it might trend towards a drop. I don't think it will, but it's not out of the realm of possibility, um, just especially because of the fact he will be sitting back-to-back. It's going to be frustrating to own. Uh, so in, in a roto, he's much more useful, or hand, like he's a better guy to have. But then again, you, you have to deal with the rest of his other lacking stat set, so the lack of defensive stats, rebounds, and assists. So for me, I am worried about Clay, although I'm not dropping yet. Um, if you can sell him on his name value for a top 80 guy, top 100 guy that really suits your build, maybe, yes, I would do so. It, only if you can use his name brand to sort of get him out there. It might be a difficult thing to do. In fact, I, I doubt you will be able to do that just because people are aware of his injury and, and coming back and he's obviously not ranking very well. Uh, but, but you know, some some leagues can do that. So if just to cover my cover my bases, uh, I would pull that trigger. Next guy here we're going to look at is Jalen Green. He is someone who I am worried about. He is someone who is the type of player that, and I said this in our preseason guide, he's the type of fantasy player that I don't usually like to have on my team. The reason I say that is because he's he's a player that really relies on scoring to get his value, and he doesn't offer a lot in terms of the efficiency, the steals, blocks, or assists. Um, and the fact that we, you know, he's playing 34 minutes per night. Um, he's the 184th ranked player so far this season through eight games. Um, it's it's not great. I think that. He's going to be better than this. The fact that he is shooting 36% from the field will definitely improve. Um, last year, as a rookie, he shot 42.6% from the field. So I expect that to climb to at least that level. I would expect it probably even to go higher to 44, 45%, um, which definitely would change his 19 points per game to something more like 23, 24 points per game. So that is fine, and he should shoot the ball better, closer to maybe three threes per game, I think is also acceptable. Um, but, you know, he's... Still only averaging 2.1 assists. He's averaging less than a steal. Um, Those are the killer numbers. I thought potentially we would see those rise in year two. It hasn't played out just yet. Um, So I think that those are the most alarming stats. So the fact that he is shooting as poorly as he is with increased usage, the fact that he's not getting the assists with another year under the under his belt in the NBA and the steals are still low. The assists and steals are the things that really need to change for him to break into that elite level of fantasy uh, relevance. And he was getting drafted probably too high, in my opinion. Some people were taking him in the 50s. Uh, I think I did have him ranked in the 60s because that spot was a bit of a... 
a weird zone scoring points is harder to find in drafts, and he will be a guy that I think averages at least 22 points per night. So I still think that will be the case, but just keep in mind he's probably not going to give you much else outside of that and maybe some efficient, uh, or maybe less so efficient threes. The free throw percentage has improved slightly, um, which is uh, encouraging, although... um, his, his most recent game, uh, the free throws did drop again, which I actually think did drop him down to 77.4% from the free throw line. So he was looking good up until this game. Maybe it's a, a one-game sample size, so we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, I think that he is someone that you could buy low on, but just keep in mind the fact that in terms of like a nine-category ranking, I don't think he's going to reach the point where we were drafting him. I view him more as like a top 80 guy, top... 90 guy in terms of that ranking value. Um, and then again, different punt builds and things like that. If you're punting blocks or steals, he'll elevate in that kind of a build. But just do keep in mind that I don't necessarily think those assistant steals are coming this season. Uh, and it does still remain up in the air whether or not they will ever come. Uh, I got, no, it's year two. It's early. So um, pretty harsh to say, but he does strike me as that kind of a player moving forward, which is not the best for fantasy basketball. Um, the next guy that I am panicking about, and he was on my bus show and uh, a few people pushed back on him, but I am still panicking and it's so far it's justified, is Jeremy Grant. Um, he is someone that... I was starting to question myself a little bit early in the season and in preseason. He was looking pretty good. His first game, he came out, scored 23 points, eight rebounds, two steals, um, hit three threes. Looks nice out there. And uh, and since then, he's been pretty underwhelming. The, the, the alarming thing for me and the argument that I got for Jeremy Grant a lot was... Um, that because he's going from uh, Detroit Pistons, where he was the number one guy, over to a Portland Trailblazers, that he's going to be a bit more of the defensive-minded Jeremy Grant. And so far, we haven't really seen that. He is the 171st-ranked player, averaging only 0.7 steals and 0.7 blocks. The rebounds are terrible. We've said that as a power forward eligible player, he's not a good rebounder. Four rebounds per game is pretty bad. Uh, and 70% from the free throw line at six attempts per game is uh, is really, really hurtful for you. I, I think that that will improve. He was an 80-plus percent guy uh, previously. But, you know, it wouldn't be shocking to me if he was one of those kind of types that fell off in terms of his free throw percentage year on year over year. Uh, we've seen this happen before. And, and I don't view him as this knockdown free throw percentage shooter guy. He's shot below 80% in seasons past. Um, last time when he was in Denver, he was a 75% free throw shooter in 71 games. So really good sample size. So it, it, it wouldn't really blow me away if he was a sub 80% guy. And if he's shooting it at that, at that volume, it does hurt you, uh, in that category where perhaps you weren't really expecting it to. And if he's not bringing the defensive stats and he's not hitting a three plus per game, he's doing all this in 35 minutes. So the minutes are there. Um, He's just not that valuable. Like 16 points, it's like, it's average. It's literally bang on average. Um, So he's not really a guy that provides a big boost in any one area. He's actually just slightly below average in pretty much all categories. And for me, that means that I'm worried about him. I was already worried about him, but now I've got more proof to sort of add to um, what I was already thinking. And I don't know how much better it gets than here. I think the free throw percentage can improve. I suppose uh, naysayers would say that the the blocks and steals will improve. It's been a small sample size so far, but um, with the minutes being as high as they are and him still struggling, 
I think that that to me is a, is a worrying sign. Um, the next guy here, which um, was a contender for the worst of the week last week, uh, unfortunately, Chris, sorry, no, Paul George came out and uh, and took the award from him. But Christian Wood is the uh, the next guy that I am worried about. Now he has had some decent performances, um, but he has been obviously locked into that six man role for Dallas Mavericks. The biggest concern for me here is the uh, the minutes. He's averaging 25.9 minutes per game. He is the 162nd ranked player. Um, and he's doing that, and he's still putting up uh, reasonable numbers. Uh, 16.7 points, 1.73s, 8.2 rebounds, uh, 57% from the field. So he's been very, very efficient. Uh, I think that he, you know, the last game played less than 24 minutes per night uh, on that game in a win. Um He's just, I don't know how much the coach likes him. He's going to be very up and down. He scored five points, 10 rebounds with no other stats in the last game. Really, really rough uh, game. First three games came out 25, 25, 23, but the last three games it has been poor. So which Christian Wood are we going to get? He's obviously a punt free throw guy as well. There was optimism. I don't know if there was realistic optimism that he was going to be better at the free throw line in the preseason, but we saw a little bit of it. I never really believed that. The other thing that really concerns me is the fact he's averaging 0.7 blocks per game. Uh, and if that is something that stays below one per game this season, I think that really hurts his value because he was a guy that you would hope you'd get uh, a block and a half per game. Combine that with his good field goal percentage, decent scoring, and, and at least he hits some threes for you. And that's, and that's valuable. But if he's getting less than a block per game and um, you've got absolutely no assists and steals either, uh, as well as the poor free throw percentage, he, his value is not as high as where it was that we were drafting him. And um, yeah, I think he's someone that could be a bit of a bust potential. It's not panic panic stations yet, but it is something that I am monitoring. And the fact that his minutes are a little bit all over the shop is a little bit of a cause for concern for me. Obviously, if you are punting free throw percentage, it's less worrisome, but uh, one that I am definitely keeping an eye on. And again, if you can trade him for a top 60 guy, um, top 50 in a punt free throw percentage build, I would probably be pulling the trigger. Um, But he is someone that I am a little bit concerned about as well. Probably not as much as some of these other guys, but definitely keeping an eye on him. The next guy here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back myself in um, here. I've got a lot of uh, feedback on this one. A lot of people saying that I'm jealous that I don't have him, but Paolo Boncaro is a player that I am worried about. I think he has the potential to have fooled us um, in his early games. He is currently... As good as he's been, breaking records, averaging 23.7.5 rebounds, four assists, and a block per game, he's actually the 103rd ranked player in this season. Um, that's in 33 minutes. And the fact that he has been playing so well and he is still only the 103rd ranked player illustrates why I was not high on him uh, in the preseason for fantasy basketball purposes. The, the lack in his uh, production comes from shooting 1.33s per game. He's averaging 0.6 steals, 40, uh, less than 44% from the field. He is now on the season shooting 73.3% from the free throw line, which is much more in line of what he did at free throws. And he's doing that on 8.6 attempts per game. Really, really hurting you from the free throw line. He started the year shooting from the free throw line very, very good. But we've seen these last two or three games that really start to correct itself. Um, and he is someone, if you were not prepared to punt free throws, he can really, really hurt your team. If you're punting free throws... 
I think he's doing well. He's doing what you want him to do. He's obviously putting up good points. He's putting up good rebounds and assists, and he's getting you that block per game, which I wasn't sure if he could do. I have doubts whether he can keep it up over 1.1 blocks per game. It might be more of like 0.8, 0.9 to me. It's not that big of a difference, but if you're not punting free throws or you didn't plan on punting free throws and you drafted Paolo Banquero, I think that it's going to be tough to salvage the value of where you drafted him because he's going to hurt you from there and he's also going to hurt you from the field. So those guys that hurt you from both categories have poor turnovers and lower steals and assists. Sorry, low steals and threes. They're not the best from fantasy. They, they catch your eye with those big rebounds, points, and assist numbers. But, you know, players like Russell Westbrook, players like uh, Andrew Wiggins, for example, um, uh, RJ Barrett is another example. Those kind of players um, obviously do a lot better in a points league setting, but in a category league, when you are trying to look after those other categories, it is very hard to, or it's much less valuable than, than what it might first appear on a box score. So he's been lighting it up, and that's why I, I still think that he is a... a sell high candidate because people are enamored by this guy. They probably don't hear as much about the the percentages and, and the poorer aspects to his game because the you know the mainstream media doesn't cover it as much. He's just been breaking records and doing all these twenty point games and and looking really good and he's man of muscle and all this sort of stuff. But I, I do still think that he's a sell-high candidate. If you can get a top fifty, top sixty player, I would a hundred percent be doing it. Um, and I think that as good as he's looked, being the 103rd ranked player, I think there's even further downside than this. Um, so again, I'm going to dig my heels in and say that I'm worried about Paolo Banquero. The next guy here, the last guy that I'm worried about is a player that I was high on in the preseason. Um, it is Nicholas Claxton is the last player that I am worried about. Now, he had a good game today. Um, now, that did come in the fact that Ben Simmons wasn't there. And this is why I am worried about Nicholas Claxton. He is currently, if I just pull up his rankings here, he's currently the 103rd ranked player um, in nine category settings. In fact, however, though, I will say that in a punt free throw percentage uh, build, he is the 32nd ranked player. And in a punt threes and punt free throw percentage uh, build, he is actually the 13th ranked player. So doing really, really well in that kind of a build. So um, absolutely a steal from where you drafted him. And I think that he can maintain that. I am just worried that his production might be a bit all over the place depending on what Ben Simmons' minutes are doing. So if we just look at his last few games, game one of the season, uh, put up 25 minutes, then played 34, 33. But then the most recent games, he played 23, 29, 22. um, And today, obviously, played the 31. So if he's playing 30-plus minutes per per night, he's he's comfortably a top 50 punt three throw punt free throw percentage guy. If he's playing 24 minutes per night, it's a lot harder. So I'm really just watching his production and I'm watching how they play him when Ben Simmons is back. It does seem like they are playing Ben Simmons a little bit more at center than I expected. Um, maybe when he gets a bit more confidence in his ball handling and uh, playmaking abilities, Ben Simmons will be a bit more perimeter orientated and Claxton's minutes may come up. Maybe some of those matchups, it's been a matchup base decisions and 
yeah, it's just it's just something that I'm watching and I am a little bit worried about in just in terms of the consistency. When he's out there, he's great. He's doing exactly what I thought he would do. It's just a matter of what those minutes are going to be looking like. Uh, obs- ob- absolutely not dropping him. Um, if I can get another top 50 punt free throw guy, I would do so just to avoid the headache. Uh, I don't think you necessarily will be able to do that because he's not a big name and his uh, nine category ranking is a bit further back. But just someone that um, I was b- very keen on in the preseason. I think we've seen why I was very keen on him. Um, it's just a matter of what they do with the minutes when Ben Simmons is in the lineup. Let's go on to the next segment here. These are players that I am not worried about that others might be. So uh, I've got five guys here. I'll go through them relatively quickly. But the first guy here that you might be worried about is Anthony Edwards. Now, Anthony Edwards was a player that was going very often in the second round of drafts. Um, I never had him quite that high. I had him at the start of the third round, and most of the time he was gone by the time I get there. So I don't have him in any leagues outside of Dynasty Leagues. Uh, So he is someone that I think if you are expecting him to be a second-round player, you might be disappointed. I don't think he's going to get there. Um, However... I do think that where I had him uh, in the preseason, he can deliver on those promises. Um, I am encouraged by the fact that he is getting, if I look at his uh, numbers here, he is getting higher usage than he was last season. He's scoring more points than he was um, the last season. So last season, he averaged 21 points per game. This season so far, he's averaging 23, and he's doing that on decent field goal efficiency. The biggest thing that's de- um, detracting his value, and he's currently the 112th ranked player right now, is he's shooting six. from the free throw line, which is um, well down from his uh, career numbers. He's been a 78 to 79% free throw shooter. So if that comes up, you'll see an improvement in his scoring uh, as a result. And I think that that's really... Oh, that and the steals. The steals and the free throw percentage are the only real things that is keeping his value down. He's averaging 0.9 steals per game. Um... So I think that obviously we know steals are very fluctuating kind of categories. So I think that those things will improve. And then you've basically got the guy that I thought you were going to get. I think he can still get to 25 per night. He can get you three threes, six rebounds, which is really impressive. I think that maybe comes back to maybe five. Uh, 4.4 assists is nice. That's um, an improvement so far on last season. Um, Like we said, the field goal percentage is actually an improvement on last season so far as well. But if he can just get the free throws up and the steals up, he will be a guy that beats his... uh his ranking of last year. He was the 43rd ranked player, so I think he can get to top 30. I really do think that that's a possibility, and that's exactly where I had him. So maybe it's not enough to get him into the top 20 uh, where people were drafting him, um, but I think that where I had him, I'm not worried about where he's going to go this season. And uh, I have seen flashes. I watched the second half of the last game. He started the game terribly. I think he was 0 for 11. But in that second half, he really turned it on. And I can really see the flashes. I tweet out that this guy could potentially be the best player in the NBA. He is so athletic. He has the combination of the ability to get to the rim, spot up off the dribble, and take long-range shots as well. He's strong. He is um, He's super young still, so he's still figuring it out. I think that he can really switch it on, and um, I, I would be trying to buy low if, if I could on a Anthony Edwards. The next player here, I did leave him off my buy low show last week. He continues to be a buy low, however, and that is Jamal Murray. I'm not worried about Jamal Murray. He's Stunk it up a bit more than I thought, but you know, last game was very, very encouraging. He put up 21 points uh, for the first time. He hit a few threes, more than two per game, hit five assists. On the season, 
He's the 245th ranked player per game. Um, it's, it's just all down, right? His minutes are down. His scoring is down. His field goal percentage and his free throw, weirdly enough, is down. The assists are down. I expect all of those things to improve as he gets more comfortable and getting back into uh, get, uh, shaking the rust off as the minutes increase. I think literally every single one of those stats is going to increase. He was a top 40 guy in his last healthy season in the NBA. I don't know if we're going to see him get that far, but I do expect that the second half of the year, he's going to be a top 60 player. He's going to be a top 55 guy, I would say. Um, you just need to have a bit of patience. If someone else is panicking, uh, I would definitely throw out a buy low. If you can get him for someone around the 100 mark, I think I would absolutely do it uh, because I think that he will be much better than what he's done so far. I think I think that's a pretty obvious one, and uh, but I do know that a lot of people are panicking and he has been undeniably pretty bad so far, but I think that... You know, it's not too far away. The other thing that really encouraged me, last game, 31 and a half minutes. So that's a really good thing. He's playing more than 30 minutes now, uh, which I think is the beginning of him starting to improve. There might still be some bumps, but I think he will improve. Uh, next guy here, Ben Simmons is the guy that we're looking at. Um, now, it's everyone's favorite game at the moment to laugh at Ben Simmons and retweet his highlights of airboard layups, but this guy I still think is really good at basketball. He's not looked as good as he used to be. That's undeniable. Um, He's currently the 191st ranked player in nine category settings. However, in a punt threes rankings, if I just put that uh, thing on, in a punt threes build, he's the 82nd, uh, sorry, in a punt threes and a punt free throw percentage build, which, you know, usually Ben Simmons is on a, that type of a team, he's the 82nd ranked player, even the even though he's scoring six points per game and he's shooting 44% from the field. Both of those numbers I expect to get a lot better. Um, if that 44% from the field turns into 54% from the field, which is much more in line with where we've seen him in the past... Um, we're going to see those points go up, and I think that that's going to pretty much put him where we expected him to be. Maybe slightly back from where we'd hoped he can get to, but you're still going to, you're still, he's still giving you six and a half rebounds, seven plus assists over a steal per game. That can come up. He's had a lot of foul games as well, which has kept his minutes down. Uh, 0.7 blocks is nice. He's just a player that is really unique, and I know that maybe I have a... Uh, a higher opinion on him than most, but I think that if you drafted Ben Simmons for scoring, um, I don't know what you were expecting. Yes, it's worse than we expected, and the field goal percentage hasn't been there, but I think that that's going to improve. He's he's looked a little bit more aggressive these last few games, which is nice, um, and it's, it's just going to take some time. So if you're in that punt threes, punt free throw percentage build, and you don't have Ben Simmons, I would absolutely be going out and floating out a buy-low offer. I think you can get him really, really cheap on a lot of situations. So I am not worried about Ben Simmons, at least from where I expected him to be. Uh, If your expectations were the fact that he was going to be a top 25 player, then you might be disappointed and you should be worried if you drafted him expecting that. But uh, I still think he can be a player that gives us, you know, 12 points, you know, seven rebounds, seven assists, a steal and a half per game, you know, nearly a block on 50 plus percent field goal. I still think that he can do that quite easily easily. And um, the minutes uh, are there, uh, I think. It's just a matter of him getting more comfortable and uh, getting the rust out of his system. Two more guys. 
Another my guy here, so maybe it's is, uh, the Mitch coloured glasses, but Jabari Smith Jr. absolutely is uh, someone I'm not panicking about, but I know that a lot of people are. Had a really rough performance today. Um, he is currently the 128th ranked player. Um, it's basically all due to his field goal percentage. If I went in, and I'm going to do this right now, uh, I don't think that the rankings uploaded. He just finished his game before. Obviously, it was a bad game. But if I go in and I pump the field goal percentage, um, he comes out to be... I'm just doing this over in Basketball Monster as we speak. He comes out to be the 65th ranked player. And do you guys remember where I had him ranked in uh, my season guide? It was about that spot, okay? And by all accounts, he's been bad. He has not been good. He can get a whole lot better from, than this. He is the he's shooting 32.6% from the field. 32.6%. It, it won't be, he won't be great at that, but he'll be better than this. It'll be closer to 40%. He's still giving you over two threes per game. The rebounds are solid. Uh, the blocks are there. The other thing that has caught my eye again is the steals haven't been there. That's probably maybe the most worrying part to me. I thought he'd be a better steals guy. Um, again, steals can fluctuate a little bit, but he's only had two so far on the season. So that does um, it does make me a little bit more nervous that maybe he doesn't become the uh, one steal, one block, two, three guy that I thought. Maybe he does finish lower than a steal per game. So that hurts his value a little bit. And um, if you're not punting the field goal percentage, you are obviously struggling um, with with Jabari. But we we all should have expected the field goal percentage to be very poor. Um, He was never going to be a good field goal percentage. And I highlighted that on our season guide uh, over at ballboysnba.com. But if you're punting field goal percentage, which I hope you are, is exactly where I expected him to be and, and probably even better this time of the season because he's going to be better as the season goes on. He's a rookie. They get better as the season goes on and I am absolutely not worrying about Jabari Smith Jr. And the last guy here, Franz Wagner. He is someone who is just uh, struggling a little bit in terms of his ranking. He's a tough one because there's no obvious thing that's kind of holding him back. You know, scoring 15 points, four and a half rebounds, four assists, which is an improvement, one steal per game. Uh, The field goal percentage is down to where we expected it and the turnovers are higher. So in a nine category setting, those things are definitely bringing him down in his rank. So I think the field goal percentage can take a slight bit of an increase that will improve his scoring, maybe closer to 18 points per game. He should hit you over three, maybe a three and a half per game. Um, the fact that he's getting those more assists this season is encouraging. He's a tough one in head-to-head leagues because he's not great in any one particular category. So for that reason, I'm just less excited by Franz in a head-to-head format. In a roto sense, I think he's definitely a buy-low candidate, absolutely a buy-low candidate in a roto format, probably one of the biggest buy-low candidates out there. Um, In a head-to-head, a little bit less exciting, but he won't hurt you anywhere, I don't believe, and I think he will be much better than this. So if you can do a buy-low, there's nothing that really discourages me in terms of his roles. His minutes are up, his assists up, his scoring is the same, even though he's shooting the ball worse. Uh, So I think that those things will come, and he will be a lot better than this, I think a lot of those stats will improve as the season goes on. 
That will do it for us today, guys. Let us know down in the comments if you have anyone else that you are worried about. Um, if you've got any guys that you think you might have to drop, we're going to be doing a hold and fold segment in our next podcast. So talking a bit more about guys closer to the drop zone than these guys and whether or not you should pull the trigger or whether I think that you should wait and hold on to them for as long as you can. So make sure you check out that one there. Again, if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit that notification bell, thumb up the video, and I will catch you guys next time. Have a good one, guys. Bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.